The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to Nicodemus, Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe has already been condemned, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the verdict, that the light came into the world, but people prefer darkness to light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light, and does not come toward the light, so that his works might not be exposed. But whoever lives the truth comes to the light, so that his works may be clearly seen as done in God. The Gospel of the Lord. Rejoice, Jerusalem, and all who love her. Be joyful, all who were in mourning. Exult and be satisfied in a consoling breast. Those first words of the Mass, the entrance antiphon, as it's known, are an encouragement to us to lift up our hearts today. They call out to us and remind us of old, of how the people of Israel would refer to Jerusalem as Jerusalem, our mother. The one who would nurse, who would console them, who would feed their souls, their joy and their consolation. The one to whom they said, as we said in our response today, that if I ever forget you, let my tongue be silenced. They would continue elsewhere. When if I forget you, let my right hand wither. And they'd be unable to even, to, to even do anything or even to speak if I were to forget you, Jerusalem. And so today we come to our own Jerusalem, Mother Church. And here too we are fed, we are nursed with hope. We are given the gift of consolation. On this fourth Sunday of Lent, it's an opportunity for us again to lift up our hearts. The words are, are repetitive, rather. We're called to rejoice, to be joyful, to exult. And to that end, there's a bit of lightness in the midst of the penance that we take up today. The rose-colored vestments are donned, one of only two days a year where it's possible to wear them. A bit of, a bit of relaxing of the, the penitential spirit. Uh, today, the musical instruments can be freely used in the life of the church. We don't get the full flavor of that uh, here at this Mass, because we, we don't typically have the music anyhow. But today, normally there would be a, a, bit of, a bit more celebratory tone in the midst of the liturgy. Indeed, to lift up our hearts as we come to this midpoint of the season of Lent. An opportunity to reflect upon the things the Lord has already done. And our willingness to continue to persevere in them. In the second book of Chronicles, we hear the story, uh, at least a, a brief summary of the people of Israel and their infidelity, but also God's fidelity. 
that the priests and the people both seem to continue to pile up infidelity after infidelity, sin after sin, one after another after another. And it seems they do it with rather reckless abandon, unrepentance. And so far do they go that the Lord's only response is only the only thing that he can do that, that gives any hope of actual conversion of heart for them to come back to him is to let them go. Sometimes this is the way the Lord saves us is by letting us dig our hole even deeper only to realize just how far we've gone so we can actually turn to somebody that can get us out of it. This is what our blessed Lord does. He allows the people to go into their sins and he allows them to reap the fruits of it. People are put to the sword. Those who survive are then cast out in exile, sent away, essentially to become slaves under, the, uh, under foreign kings. Everything they had was lost. And it's this reason that they weep. In the psalm today, right? There we sat at the streams of Babylon and wept. Sing to us, they said, one of Israel's songs. How can we sing, how can we sing a joyful song about Israel? When we've been exiled, there was a, a sense of hopelessness in them. And yet a remembrance, remembering Jerusalem, remembering the good things that they had before that they had mistakenly not realized, not accepted and rejoiced in. For 70 years, the people were in exile until King Cyrus comes to be able to bring this, this great edict that indeed, the temple is to be rebuilt. That God is faithful to the people, even when they were unfaithful to him. He allowed them to experience their great sufferings. So as hopefully to call them to repentance. That hopefully their hearts would be contrite as they returned joyfully to Jerusalem. To rebuild the temple, the dwelling place of God. Lent is a similar time for us to be able to repent of our own sins, to recognize, to do a good examination of our own conscience, to be able to turn to our Lord and to cry out to Him, to weep and to mourn for our sins. But to know that our Lord is faithful, that He comes to us in fidelity, that He will raise us up, as we hear in Ephesians, God who is rich in mercy, even when we were dead in our transgressions, brought us to life. He raised us up, and He seated us with Christ in heaven. St. Paul is saying all those things before people even die. <laughs> he has seated us already in heaven. Already we have a seat, in a sense, kind of anticipated. We're participating now in the mystery of what is to come. This great reality that when we live our faith, it changes something here and now, and gives us hope of great restoration, total restoration in the future. Our blessed Lord comes to us, not to condemn us, but to save us. He has allowed us to experience the weight of our sins to a greater or lesser degree, so as to allow us to repent of our sins, to turn back to Him, and to be filled with joy when we turn to Him and He receives us. This is the reason we exult and rejoice and are told to, to be joyful and be glad. It's because the mercy of God is present. Otherwise, it would simply be, make the best of it, y'all. 
pretty much going to go downhill from here. That's not good news, right? And it's good because it's not the gospel. Our life here isn't just eat, drink, and be merry because, you know, it's all we have. Our life is repentance. Turn away from your sin. It will bring you joy here and now. And eternal joy, eternal life. These things are assured of us. Because unlike ourselves, who can be fickle sometimes of heart, who can be able so quickly to turn away from our Lord, uh, simply you know, by, the, by the desires of the world, the desires of the flesh, our own faulty thoughts, our Lord is not swayed. Always He is faithful to us. He may allow us to experience our sufferings and dive, or deeper, dive deeper into them, so as to call us more deeply to Himself, to have the power to effect conversion of heart, but always He is faithful. Always he is present to us. It is he who is at work here. And this too is a source of great consolation, at least to me. We are his handiwork. My salvation is not mine. It's not something I have done. It's something I cooperate with. That I say yes to. If indeed I am saved, it is by grace through faith. Not because I did the right things or said the right things necessarily. Although that's necessarily a part of things. We can't just do and say whatever we want and expect heaven, right? But it's to know that it is God who is saving me. It's God who is at work in me. This is the consolation. God is faithful. God is effective. God is power. It is my part. It is your part to allow him to work. When we pile up sins like the people of Israel in the book of Chronicles, it puts a block between us and the work of God. When I continue to convict myself of that, that, that my way is the right way, rather than to listen to the voice of the Lord or to trust in Him, it is there that we find blocks from the handiwork of the Lord. He is unable to work with us because we are unable to be worked on. And it's for us to come to our blessed Lord with a certain posture of patience. That sometimes the Lord's handiwork doesn't seem to be quite as, as efficient as we might like. It's a little slower sometimes than we would anticipate or expect or hope. That we would be farther along in the spiritual path than where we are on the present day. It's for us to be humble. To recognize that any good that happens within me is because of Him, not because of me. Again, I am His handiwork. I am simply the thing that He is working on. And ultimately to be docile. To be willing to allow the Lord to work. To simply expose my inside to Him. I'm reminded one time, uh, a mother superior of a religious community uh, came to the rectory in Morganza. And she came, it was a rectory office, and so she came to the office to visit with me. And she walked in and my, one of my cats was walking around the house. Dominic. Dominic is he's a very friendly little cat. But whenever Mother walked over to him, he immediately laid down on his side and exposed his belly. And she gave him some belly rubs. And I just looked in awe because I was like, I've had this cat for three years and he's never once done that to me. And she just simply said, well, he's just teaching us about the Lord. And whenever we come to him, we should simply open ourselves to him and to be vulnerable and to allow him to work upon us. And I said, wow, mother, <laughs> I thought he just wanted to 
Just in a lot. I was just thinking about belly rubs on the cats. <laughs> and she went way deep. But this is a reality for us to be docile to our Lord. To be willing to allow Christ into our vulnerable place. Into our weaknesses. Into our brokenness. Into our darkness. Into our sins. Not to simply wall them off as we are easily tempted to do. But to allow Christ into that place. Indeed, all of these things are the reasons for our joy. That because of the gospel, because of the mercy of God, because of the love of Jesus Christ for us, darkness has become light. Death has become life. Brokenness can be made whole. And sin has won for us abundance of grace and redemption in God.